He turned the key in the ignition and started the car and pulled back onto the road. From Binghamton, they rode south on 81, the new Penn Can Highway. Jill had a state map spread open on her lap, and she studied it from time to time, but it was hardly necessary. He just kept the car on the road and held the speed steady between 60 and 65. The car was a middleweight Ford, the Fairlane, last year's model. It was the second week in September now, and the car had a shade less than 15,000 miles on it. They crossed the Pennsylvania state line a few minutes after noon. At 12.30 they left Route 81 at a town called Lennox and cut southeast on 106 through Carbondale and Honesdale. The new road was narrower, a two-laner that zigzagged across the hills. They pulled into an Esso station in Honesdale, and Jill had a chicken sandwich at a diner two doors down from the station. He had a Coke and left half of it. A few miles further on, at Indian Orchard, they left 106 and continued south on U.S. 6. They were at Palmquit by a quarter to two. Palmquit was at the northern tip of Lake Wallenpopak, and their lodge was on the western rim of the lake, half a dozen miles south of the town. They found it without stopping for directions. The lodge had a private road. They followed its curves through a thick stand of white pine and parked in front of a large white Victorian house, bounded on three sides by a huge porch. They could see the lake from where the car was parked. The water was very still, very blue. Inside, in the office, a gray-haired woman sat behind a desk, drinking whiskey and water. She looked up at them, and Dave told her his name. The woman shuffled through a stack of four-by-six file cards and found their reservation. Wade, David, you wanted a cabin, is that right? That's right. Honeymooners, I guess, and I don't blame you. Wanting a cabin, that is. Rooms in the lodge are nice, but uh, you don't get the privacy here you would be getting in a cabin. It's an old house, sounds carry, and privacy is important, God knows, on a honeymoon. Jill was not blushing. The woman said, You picked a good time of the year now, what with the lake and the mountains. It stays pretty cool here most of the time, but this year, July and August got pretty hot, pretty hot, and on a honeymoon, uh, you don't want it to be too warm, but it's cooled off now. She passed the card to him. On a dotted line across the bottom, he wrote, Mr. and Mrs. David Wade writing the double signature with an odd combination of pride and embarrassment. The woman filed the card away without looking at it. She gave him a key and offered half-heartedly to show them where the cabin was. He said he thought they could find it themselves. She told him how to get there, what path to take. They went back to the car and drove along a one-lane path that skirted the edge of the lake. Their cabin was the fourth one down. He parked the Ford alongside the cabin and got out of the car. Their suitcases, two pieces, matching, a gift from an aunt and uncle of his, were in the back seat. He carried them up onto the cabin's small porch, set them down, unlocked the door, carried them inside. She waited outside, and he came back for her and grinned at her. I'm waiting, she said.
He lifted her easily and carried her over the threshold, crossed the room, set her down gently on the edge of the double bed. I should have married a little girl, he said. You like little girls? I like big blondes the best. But little girls are easier to carry. Oh, they are? It seems likely, doesn't it? Ever carry any? Never. Liar, she said. Then, that drunken old woman has a dirty mind. She wasn't drunk, just drinking, and her mind's not dirty. What is it? Realistic. Letcher. Uh-huh. He looked at her, sitting on the edge of the bed, their bed. She was twenty-four, two years younger than he was, and no man had ever made love to her. He was surprised.